Welcome to episode two of Hippos at the Waterhole, the Tiptoe Hippo podcast. Last week, we talked about the collapse of long-term capital management and what we can learn from it as traders ourselves. And we continue that theme this week with another famous example of poor money management leading to a catastrophic failure of a financial institution. And it doesn't get too much bigger of a financial institution than the Barings Bank. Barings Bank was founded in 1762. And Barings was not just the oldest merchant bank in London, but it was a beacon of prestige in the international finance sector. It had an illustrious history and an influential role in shaping global finance. And its power resonated across both the centuries and the continents. It was a significant player in momentous financial transactions. Barings Bank, for example, was at the heart of the Louisiana Purchase in 1803, which was a deal that drastically changed the landscape of the United States. It was also instrumental in financing the Neapolitan Wars, underpinning the economies of nations during pivotal moments in history. Its noteworthy contributions extended into the expansion of the North American railway system, further establishing its mark as a global financial titan. At its zenith, Barings Bank managed billions and billions in assets and positioned itself as a financial titan unmatched across the world. Its stature was so immense that it was often dubbed the sixth great power of Europe, its influence on par with the leading nations of the time. Moreover, Barings Bank's clientele was the leaders its reputation, holding the prestigious title of being the personal bank of the British Queen. And from its origins as a family enterprise, it transformed into a significant global entity, extending its reach to serve monarchs, governments, and prominent corporations right around the globe. Its reach was particularly noteworthy in the Far East, where Barings Bank had a significant presence. As a major player in international finance, it extended its influence across the Asian markets, further solidifying its standing as as a globally recognized institution. Yet even with such a robust legacy and global influence, Bearing Bank encountered an unexpected downfall in the mid-90s. The stark turn of events serves as a poignant reminder that no institution, regardless of its prestige or size, is imperious to the potential consequences of inadequately managed risks. So what went wrong? Well, the figure at the heart of the downfall of Barings Bank was a man named Nick Leeson. Leeson was a young, ambitious trader who quickly climbed the ranks despite his modest beginnings. Leeson was raised in Watford, England and begun his career in finance at a brokerage house in London before joining the operations team at Barings Bank in 1989. Within a short span, he displayed a knack for understanding complex financial instruments and rapidly ascended to the position to a position of authority within the bank. 
1992, Bearings gave Leeson the mandate to head its futures operations in Singapore, where he was tasked with trading on behalf of the bank and reconciling trades, effectively handling both the front, handling both the front and back end operations. You can see where this is going. This dual role violated a key risk management principle of segregation of duties and provided Leeson with the autonomy that later proved disastrous for the bank. Initially, though, Leeson demonstrated remarkable success with arbitrage trading, particularly in the Japanese government bonds and the Nikkei futures contracts. His early wins bolstered, bolstered the bank's confidence in him, granting him an alarming amount of independence. However, unbeknownst to his superiors, Leeson had begun to make unauthorized speculative trades, betting on the future direction of the Nikkei 225 index. These trades were kept hidden in an obscure account, aptly numbered 88888, masking the mounting losses that Leeson was occurring. And of course, anyone who knows, the number eight is a lucky number in Asian numerology. And so he thought that by labeling the secret hidden account as 88888, he would magically gain that luck. But unfortunately for both he and Bearings, it didn't happen that way. So in 1995, this is when the grand gamble occurred. He leasing bet heavily that the Nikkei index would not experience a significant drop. But fate intervened with the devastating Kobe earthquake in Japan, which sent such sent shockwaves through the financial markets and triggered a huge drop in the Nikkei. This event led to staggering financial losses for the Barings Bank and it, these losses totaled over $1 billion on the Leeson's trades alone. The unchecked ambition of a seemingly unassuming trader in the far-flung Easts of Bearings Bank, coupled with a dangerous lack of oversight, culminated in a crisis that spelt the end for the famous Bearings Bank. The story of Nick Leeson is a sobering reminder of the perils of unchecked risk in the world of trading and investment. So while Nick Leeson's reckless trades were the immediate cause of Bearing Bank's downfall, the incident would not have been possible without the severe lack of controls and oversight within the bank. It was this systematic failure within this in the operations of the bank that allowed Leeson's unauthorized actions to continue on and on undetected until it was too late to save the bank. Adding to this was the bank's insufficient understandings of the risks involved with his tradings. Leeson's derivatives tradings, trades were inherently risky and without a clear comprehension of these risks and robust risk management strategies to rein them in, the bank was left very vulnerable. And then on top of that, Leeson had early successes and this sort of bred into the culture that the bank had of risk-taking that bypassed prudence and instead valued potential profits above safety. It was a game of high stakes and it was betting the whole future of the bank 
and no one seemed to be considering the potential downsides of these trades. The Barings Bank disaster underscores the critical importance that everybody, from banks as big as Barings right down to us as retail traders, of the critical importance of risk management in trading. If we don't control the risks, if we let the risks run away, we don't have any any control over them, no oversight, the results can be catastrophic. Barings Bank, one of the world's oldest and most esteemed institutions, fell victim to this dangerous combination, leading to its demise. And if we make the same mistakes of not controlling our risks, our accounts will end up as dead as Barings Bank is today. So, the collapse of Bering Bank starkly, un- starkly underscores the dire consequences that can result from neglecting risk management in trading. So, while financial markets can offer significant returns, they also present considerable risks. The potential for high rewards often goes hand in hand with the possibility of considerable losses. And the Barings Bank case tragically illustrates this. At the heart of this neglect was the culture of risk-taking and profits that took precedence over prudential safeguards and fund management safety. The bank's management failed to recognise the need for robust risk management and acceptable risk levels. When risk management is overlooked, either at bearings or in our own accounts, the ramifications can be far-reaching. In the case of Bearings Bank, it led to unprecedented financial losses and the complete disillusion of a centuries-old institution. But the impact extended even beyond the bank itself. Its collapse sent shockwaves through the global financial system affecting market and confidence and leading to increased regulatory scrutiny worldwide. However, the incident had severe personal implications as well for those involved. For Nick Leeson, it resulted in imprisonment and the end of his trading career. For the employees of Barings Bank, it meant mass job losses and the tarnishing of their, finan- of their professional reputations. The Barings Bank case reminds us all that risk management cannot be neglected. It's not just about protecting the bottom line. It's about safeguarding the integrity of the financial system when it's as big as Barings Bank or preserving your account or your client's account in the case of fund managers. Balancing the pursuit of profits with the need to control risk is not just good practice, it's an essential strategy for the survival in this complex world of financial trading that we find ourselves in. The allure of substantial returns can lead investors and traders and financial institutions as big as Bearing Bank down a path of excessive risk-taking. The, prof- the prospect of sizable profits can overshadow the inherent risks and as Bearings Bank demonstrates can lead to catastrophic outcomes. So to strike the right balance it's crucial to develop a comprehensive understanding 
of the training systems that are being used and the awareness of how they react under different market conditions, their potential downside, and most importantly, how to mitigate these risks before they occur. Implementing robust risk management practices will significantly help prevent a single point of failure in our accounts. At Tiptoe Hippo, we understand this delicate balancing act and we prioritize risk management above all else. And we strive to protect our clients' funds in our managed accounts while seeking to deliver the strong performance. But our main commitment is to robust risk controls and an understanding that the market guides our actions every day. And we strive to prevent the kind of catastrophic failure that befell Bearings Bank. And it's the same with our mentorship. Our prime driver throughout everything we tell our mentorees is about robust risk management. It's about making sure that the systems we create will be able to continue on trading safely through whatever market conditions are thrown at it. And this is shown by our returns over the past year and a half where there has been significant market turbulence, significant bear markets, but our our fund's performance has had minimal drawdown. And that's what we preach. And we'll continue to talk about these kind of things throughout our podcast and also in the blogs on our website at tiptoehippo.com. So jump on our website and have a look at our blog and take a look at the articles that discuss the various uh, risk management and robustness techniques that we use. There's also a white paper on tiptoehippo.com that goes through all the statistical um, methods of testing your strategies to make sure that they're not uh, curve fitted and that they're robust. Um, And so until next week, when we'll continue to talk about great downfalls of financial institutions due to poor risk management, So until next week, when we talk about Societe Generale, the French bank that cut catastrophically for huge losses, I wish you safe trading and green pips. Until then, goodbye from Norm.